Stand up this morning and join us this morning. You ready to be awakened in the presence of God? Let's do it. It's time to take a stand, take back the land, to see God's hand. Today, as we take our place, as He marks our face, as His holy race, now the cross we embrace. We are saved by your grace. We have been awakened for the Lord is shaking every tribe and nation bow before the Lord. We cry out. We cry for revival till it comes. We won't settle and shout. We know summer we are going for.
Come on, just praise Him in this place. Lift your voices unto God. Unto Jesus, He is worthy. Worthy of our praise. Worthy of our praise. To Jesus, you alone are worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord, because you bring restoration. You bring freedom, Jesus. You bring life. You give life. Breathe your breath of God. Breathe the breath of God. Breathe on us today. Breathe on us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we worship you. As we worship you.
spirit and in truth. Lord, we just praise you for that new wine in this place. We just praise you for the presence that is moving within our spirit. We praise you for that drink that satisfies and that taste that never ceases to amaze us to the point it awakens our soul. It awakens our emotions. It awakens every part of our being to worship and glorify you, Lamb of God. We exalt you in this place, Lord Jesus Christ. We magnify you as the beginning and the end of our life. We exalt you as all things, above all things and before all things. We exalt you over our past, over our today, and over our tomorrow. We thank you for the binding of your new covenant with each and every one. We praise you that you are marrying your bride and that we are one. We praise you for the spirit that lifts the burdens and destroys the yokes. That we may worship you in spirit and in truth. That our eyes may be anointed with ISAP. That we're no longer blind. We're no longer deaf. We're no, ever, no longer wandering around lost and wondering how to find help. But you are the helper. You are the savior. You are the restorer of our soul. And we praise you on this day. We glorify you, Lamb of God. We glorify you, Lamb of God. We praise you, author and finisher of our faith. We praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise this morning. Just praise him. Praise him. Just praise him. Give us eyes Turn to somebody next to you and just shake their hand and hug their neck. Tell them I'm so glad you're here today. I bless you. I bless you. Just welcome them in. today. Hallelujah. Did everybody have a great Thanksgiving? Are you glad to be back home? Yes. Hallelujah. We thank God you're back. We're glad to see you. Thank God everything's good news. Amen. And we welcome those who are coming back. There, we have a number of people who are still gone. Some watching by internet. We welcome you. Welcome each and every one. We bless you today. So glad you're here. Hallelujah. Are you glad you're alive? Hallelujah. How many are going on a diet this week? Hallelujah. Praise God. How many want to be more full of the Spirit of God than you are of Turkey? Amen. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. Thank you for coming and worshiping the Lord together with us as we exalt His name. I want to share something with you out of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, chapter 26. I want to share with you just a little bit of what our heart and the heart of Word of Grace is about and where I feel that the Spirit of God has been moving now for a while and I just want to give you a taste of it. In Leviticus chapter 26 verse 13. We're singing about restoration today so I want you to see this in Leviticus 26 verse 13. 
I am the Lord your God. Thank God he is our God. And you will be my people. You will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. Hallelujah. I love the, the message. It says, I broke the harnesses of your slavery so that you can move about freely. I want to encourage you today about celebrating your freedom. I want you to know that I believe what the Spirit of God is wanting to do in this place, what he's wanting to do in his bride, that we're no longer covering up what really are issues in our life, but we're able to handle those issues and have the anointing of God and the Spirit of God move to where we're not bound and anymore even look like we have anymore have any yokes or any bondages of the past, but we're free indeed. The Lord wants us to get to the point to where we see that the, we are going to get to the high ground. You know, you always hear about people talking in movies and about getting to the high ground. Well, I want you to know that the high ground is holy ground, and God wants to do something within our spirits and our hearts I love one of our scriptures is Luke 4.18 where Jesus came after he was tempted of the devil. He came and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up deliverance and set the captives free. He has come to, to pronounce and, dis, and declare the word of the Lord. And then he closed the book and he said, today, everybody shout out today. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your midst. The things that God has promised you is not just in some far future, but he's the God of today. And as you come in his presence and you gather in his word, I want you to get your faith out that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as he, as he spoke before those people that didn't even believe what he was saying, wanted to throw him off the cliff, that he was still declaring that whether you accept it or not, it is still the truth, for I am the truth, and I'm not a man that I can lie that he is the truth today that he has come to set you free and that the favor of almighty God is towards the oppressed he said over the children of Israel I have seen you in your affliction I have heard your tears I have heard your cries I have seen the power of the enemy over you but I am coming down and I'm sending the answer to free you from every form of slavery so that I will be recognized as the God of the freed not the God of the damned not the God of the yoked bondage tied up people I am not going to be identified and exposed and, and put on display as the God whose people are under bondages and the curse but I am the God of total freedom of your mind of your bodies of your spirit and your souls I've come to rescue I've come to bless I've come to lift I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to put the favor of God upon those who feel rejected I've come to heal those and open the eyes of those who feel alone, that they're not alone, that I'll never leave them or forsake them. I've come to touch those who feel like they, they, they need a touch, but yet they don't know what can truly satisfy them in the deepest part of their souls. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to minister to your heart and cause your heart to be whole so that out of your heart will flow the issues of life, not the issues of bondages, curse, addiction, or pain. I've come to heal our hearts so that our hearts may be as one. And what flows in my heart will flow in your heart. I pray that there is a uniting of his body with the, Lord, the headship, which is Jesus Christ, in this place. I pray that the peace of God will rule over your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I pray that any type of bondages over your finances, your job, your business, your marriage, your home, your family... 
I pray whatever hurts and pains you might have gone through this week, whatever confrontations you might have had and hopelessness you might have felt, I pray that whatever is keeping you up at night and causing you to dream nightmares and whatever is causing you to fulfill, like I don't know if I want to face another year. I, don't, I can't go through another year like this last year. As we get ready to end this year and start a new year, Pastor, I tell you what, I just don't feel like I can go through another year like this last year. I barely, I don't even know how I made this year. You may feel just like those Egyptians did, those Israelites did under the power of the Egyptians. But he says, but I am your God. And you are my people. He hasn't promised nothing that he cannot fulfill. He has the power to uphold his word and to uphold you. He has the power to open your eyes to inventions and to knowledge and to understanding and to revelation that you've never even seen before. He's the God who walks beside you and leads you what even seems like the shadow of death. But I'll lead you to pathway of life. And not only a typical life, but a life that is abundant. A life that is full of peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. I've come to lift you up. I've come to rescue you. I've already shown that I've provided my best for you, and I'll do it again. I'll provide my best every day of your life that you can walk in the shadow of the Almighty God and be able to say, for the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. He's not the God of my captivity. He's the, not the God that damns. He's not the God that kills and destroys. He's not the God that takes away anything but what the enemy tried to bring against you. He's the God who comes to give goodness, mercy, and loving kindness all the days of your life. And that is what God has promised that will follow you. Can I hear an amen? You know what's written on our liberty bell? Leviticus 25 verse 10. Proclaim liberty throughout the land. You know, I just want us to start proclaiming that among ourselves. But every time you start hearing something negative in the land, something negative on the news, something negative going on, I want you to stand up as a child and a priest of the Most High God that has a high priest backing you up in prayer, seated on the right hand of the Father. I want you to declare, I proclaim liberty to the captives. I proclaim liberty to this land. I proclaim liberty to the church of Jesus Christ. I proclaim liberty to my finances. I proclaim liberty to my home and my marriage. I proclaim liberty to the United States of America that no matter what the enemy tries to do coming in like a flood the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it I proclaim liberty to the captives to the reviving word of Jesus Christ amen would you receive that today just receive that I want us just come forward get ready to receive this morning's offerings and tithe and father we come before you and we praise you that you are a bondage breaker that your favor it's toward those that are rejected, oppressed, and hurt, and wounded. You would not pass the cry of a wounded child by. You're not a God that gives away to our adoption, but you bring them in to your fold as one of your very own. We come here today in spirit and in truth, and we praise you for what your spirit is going to do in the lives of each and every one. Lord, we honor you. We honor you right now with our tithes and offerings. We thank you what you're supernaturally doing to where we can not only evangelize the whole entire world and touch lives. But Lord, we're touching lives here in our area. And Lord, I praise you that, Lord, we praise you. The land is paid off and we're ready to build and go forward and establish your kingdom for this generation to the next. Lord, we give you glory as you touch, you speak to different ones, Father. We thank you for those who are giving their tithe and those giving above their tithe. 
Lord, towards the building fund that we can pay that land off and build for you. Lord, we praise you as we were able to fill up that pickup truck inside and out from that missionary from uh, New Mexico who works with the Navajos was so excited and so thankful of the piles of wonderful things that were just, Lord, just kept on piling up and piling up and the food and the clothes and all the gifts for those people to show that we love them. And Lord, as he said, the biggest need among the Navajos is to win their trust. Lord, here in Louisiana, we sent our love to the Navajos. We sent our gifts to them. To let them know that we have a God who doesn't break covenant. That he loves them, he accepts them, and he cherishes their love. We thank for a revival and a move of your spirit among the Navajo people that we were able to sow into. We praise you for the opportunity that we've had and the doors of opportunity we'll move into. We glorify you, Lamb of God, and we are thankful that you are God and your word is for us. We bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give today. My 
receptive to your word. Lord, help us receive these words and receive your word, your message today to bring hope and to bring peace. We praise you that you're God who has heard our cry. You've come down to deliver. Thank you for the lives and work that you're doing, the changes, the transformations you're doing. We open our hearts and our lives for the work of the Holy Spirit to go down deep within our heart. That, Father, we may be able to see your hand upon our lives as we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Once again, I want to thank each and every one of you. Appreciate so much the giving and to, to the Navajos and also those who came and gave uh, Thanksgiving meals to those that we could hand out to people in need. And God bless you and thank you so much for that. And uh, we start preparing for those around Christmas time who have needs. If you know of anybody, uh, if you have anything you'd like to uh, donate so that we can help others in need, we'd appreciate it. And uh, it, it's such a blessing to be a part of being able to help people. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to share some things with you as we, were, as we go on and continue in some areas today. I want to share with you some things from my heart. I believe as God has been moving and people's been speaking to me, giving me emails, that, you know, it's kind of like an onion. You say, how long are you going to stay on the same subject? It's, but it's like an onion where sometimes it's layer upon layer. And the desire of my heart and the desire of God that I feel so deeply is he wants to see his body free. And, and he wants to do a work within our lives so that we can say, the Son has set me free, and I am free indeed. And, and I just believe that manifestation over your lives. You know, it, it's what you believe, what you believe that breaks the devil power. It's what you believe that breaks the de devil's power. It was the woman with the issue of blood that believed if I but just touched the hem of his garment, something so impossible, but she believed it. And even as she believed, it happened to her. According to how you believe is how it's going to happen to you. But you got to get to the point where you believe that God really wants to do it for you. And that you're worthy. And that he wants to shine his light upon you. And shine his blessings upon you. And do a work within your life. It says in Romans 8, 16. And it's not in my notes, but I want to share it up on my uh, uh, PowerPoint. But it says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Not with our mind, our emotions. That we are children of God. He testifies. He witnesses the truth that you're a child of God. But listen, it doesn't say that he witnesses with our minds or our emotions. He witnesses with our spirit. That's why many times we don't go by how we feel or by how things look. We go by faith because there's a witness in our spirit. Last week, I don't know if Miriam is here. But while I was preaching, the Lord gave her this song. And, and the, this is the word she was singing in this song. And she wrote it down and gave it to me last Sunday. During the message, she wrote, Hold me in your arms and keep me in your glory, O Lord. Lead me your way and hold me, God. I was so far gone, but you stretched out your hand. And you told me, hold on and follow my way. I'll guide you each day. I praise you every day because I'm no longer running away. You've guided my way each day and I'm yours. And then she goes on, I am on your path now. I'm at a new start in life, back in your light, oh God. I'm yours once again. Isn't that wonderful? 
Amen. The Lord just gave her that song in her heart that, and I shared with you that every week we've been touching about a prophet who was on the run, who got into the area of depression and suicide and felt like he could go no longer and just wanted his life to be over with. And, but God saved him and rescued him and that's what God wants to do to you. And, and I just keep sensing, I keep hearing that there are some yet who are still running that have not totally surrendered some areas of their life. They're still running from God doing a complete work and trusting God again to reach down in your life trusting that God wants to love you and touch you and heal you there was a letter that said dear God where are you how can you watch and not help me I hurt so bad and you don't even care if you cared you'd make me to stop or you'd let me die I love you but you seem so far away I can't hear or feel you or see you but I'm supposed to believe you're here I know you're real but God there are more things that are real to me right now. Please make someone believe me. Why won't you make it stop? Please, Lord, please, if you love me, you'll let me die. That's the cry of many people. I had two young girls come to me uh, last Sunday night, and they said, Pastor, we were two of those that we, we fought cutting ourselves, and, and, and we had to get a revelation of our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we so much wanted to cut ourselves and we battled this and the temptation and the thoughts still come and I can't tell you the, how many young people we've had a minister to, both the youth ministers and myself, to those cutting themselves, just wanting to just destroy themselves. Why don't you let me die? And this young lady wrote this, this letter and then all of a sudden, uh, four years later, listen what she wrote again. She signed it, a lost sheep. She wrote, my dear lost sheep, you're asking me where I am, my child, I'm with you, and I'll always be with you. You are weak, but in me, you are strong. I love you so much that I can't let you die. I'm so close that I feel everything you feel. I know that you're going through, for I'm going through it with you. But I have set you free, and you must stand firm. You do not need to die physically for my enemies to be gone, but be crucified with me, and I'll live in you, and you shall live with me. I will direct you in paths of righteousness, my child. I love you and I will never forsake you, for you are truly mine. Doesn't that sound like our Father? At times when we feel desperate and we feel like we're at the end and there's no place to go, the Lord wants to speak to you and God wants to deliver us from a lifestyle of depression. You know, some people go through depression. Some people live in depression. Some people just go into a low state and then all of a sudden they're back up. But we read in the book of Hebrews a few weeks ago that we're to get set off and put off all the things that weigh us down from running our race. And I want to show you a new scripture here today uh, and how to get out of the blues it's in Proverbs 12, 25. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word. Somebody say a good word. Somebody say a good word. A good word makes it glad. I want you to see in this translation. It says, worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Now, I brought an example today. You know, somebody says after Thanksgiving, I've got to lose 15 pounds. You know, that may not sound like a whole lot, but you put 15 pounds in your hand. How many of you know that's a lot? And then some people say, well, you know what? I've got to lose 25 pounds. Now, Robbie's been training me a little bit, and I would have brought my 90-pound weights, but the guy didn't lend them to me, so I had to leave the 90-pound weights at the gym. It's a joke, y'all. It's a joke. But anyway, what I want to show you today is that here's some weights. 
And it's okay to go to the gym for a few minutes and work out a little while. But I want you to get an image that it says that things weigh us down. Can you imagine from the morning you wake up on your bed, if you sleep, to the sun goes down and you go to bed. Every time you let a negative thought go in your head, if it's about your finances, it may weigh 15 pounds. But every time you have a negative thought, that thought just keeps working you. And you wonder, why am I so, why I'm so tired? Why am I so exhausted? Then how about your children? How many you know sometimes your children can weigh like the weight of the world? And every time you think a thought negative, I wonder if he's ever going to come back to Christ. I wonder if they're ever going to sell out. I wonder if they'll ever learn to get along in their marriage. I wonder if they'll ever get back together. Every time you allow that negative thought and you latch onto it, you're working something and you're bringing something up into your mind and you're getting tireder and tireder and more exhausted and you're wondering, am I ever going to get rid of this weight? How many of you know you cannot hold on to the Word of God and hold on to the weights that are pulling you down? Amen. You've got to learn to let the weight down and it talks about worry weighs a person down we've got to learn to go into a new realm in our mind in our heart we got to learn how to exercise control over our mind and our thoughts so that we don't go into those areas where depression weighs us down amen you know i, I ministered to a child this week and uh we were ministered to them about heavy metal music and one of the things my wife brought up was uh what's the first word heavy and so we ministered to them, we, we helped them erase, we went through their, their cell phone, helped them erase some, some songs off the cell phone, and then all of a sudden they came back later and they said, you know what, I feel so much lighter, I feel so much better, well I wonder why, you took the weight off of songs that were talking of suicide, that was talking of defeat, it's not just heavy metal music, how many of you know country music can be heavy too, Huh? Uh, there's a lot of music, hip-hop, anything. It can be real heavy, and it can weigh you down. And as you listen to that and you give yourself to it, it'll just come and weigh you down more and more. But how many of you know a good word picks up? Now, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you've got to speak a good word over yourself instead of speaking a negative word over yourself. Sometimes you just got to encourage yourself. You just got to say, look, I'm not going to give in to this. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord, and I'm not going to give in to it anymore. You know, the guys have taught me a lot on the computer. One of the things that I, I saw uh, here lately was when you go to the part on your computer to the part that says trash, and you want to empty trash. How many know what I'm talking about? You go and you want to empty the trash. Well, look what it says. When I pressed on that button, this is what it says, so I wrote it down. Are you sure you want to remove the items in the trash permanently? That's what it said. It said it right there. This is how it said it. I pressed empty trash and this is what it said. Are you sure you want to remove the items in the trash permanently? Then it said in little letters this. You cannot undo this action. I thought, woo! I wish some Christians would get a hold of that. Do you want to undo and trash permanently, or are you going to make a folder out of it? You press the word trash, and you look at it, and it shows you what's in the trash, and then you've got to agree to permanently trash it, or it will permanently trash you. Are you sure you want to trash it? Are you sure you want to get rid of it? 
You know, whatever thought you grab a hold of is the thought that's going to bring you forward. Whatever imagination thought you allow to grab a hold of, whatever you latch on to. Uh, John's not here today, but we got a guy here. His name is John. He's up hunting right now. He was a bull rider. Now, how many of you know you don't get on a bull and grab it like you do the handlebars on a bicycle? You get up on that bull and you wrap it around and you wrap it. You get a hold of that because you got something that motivates you. It's a belt buckle. There's Brother Terry. He could tell you about it. There's $100,000 or $100, whatever your food or ride for. And then there's those horns and the hoofs if you fall off. But the greatest motivator, if I could stay on this baby for eight seconds, I'm not going to die. Well, outside, huh? Well, listen, that's how, we've got to, that's how we've got to be in our life. Whatever you hold on to is going to take you for a ride. And when you grab a hold of something so tightly that it's going to bring you, it's going to bring you down, trample all over you, tear you up, open up your head, gouge your temple, open up your body, you're going to end up at a young age looking like you're old. Because you decided to ride the wrong thing. Do you want to permanently trash this? Or are you having second thoughts? And the longer you keep it in there, the harder it is to press. Get it out of here. Get it out of my life. Amen? So you got to understand whatever we latch on, whatever we hold on to, whether it's negative or positive, it's either going to build me up or it's going to tear me down. Let me give you a few things here to just write down in your notes. The thoughts you're having, does it, first of all, does it line up with God's truth or is it a lie? The thoughts you're entertaining, the imaginations you're having, does it line up with the truth or is it a lie? The second thing, what you're thinking about, is it right? Is it right? The third thing, is it pure? The next thing, will it come out lovely? Will it come out better than before? How about this one? The thing that I'm thinking about, will the result be worth admiring? Or will the result be of something of shame? Will it contribute to the excellence of my life? Will it make me a better person? Is it going to make me do things better? And is it something that I'm going to do to praise God? Each thought is a motivation, either for good, either for bad, either for treasure, either for trash. You know what's interesting? Is that with a computer, not only can you trash something, but you can search. And you put one little word in that search, it's going to give you pages and pages and pages of information, whether it's something negative or whether it's something positive. Whatever you search, you're going to get the information back to continue feeding in that area. And that's the way the mind operates. Whatever you're searching for, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's either going to build you up, it's going to tear you down. But whatever you latch on, you better hold on because it's going to either bring you up or it's going to bring you down. And so the depression comes many times because the things we're holding on with and the things that we're not keeping and the things that we're letting them control us. I want you to see something here. In Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2, this is in the King James Bible, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Say that I may prove. That I may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Say prove. There's a scripture I want to give you. It's not in my notes. It says in Ephesians 5.10, proving what is acceptable to God. Philippians 1.10, that you may approve that which is excellent before God. You've got to prove not what you feel about yourself or what the enemy says about you. You've got to prove what God says about you is the truth. You've got to prove what is the perfect, acceptable, complete will of God for your life. You've got to live a lifestyle that's saying, you know what? God is right concerning my life. God is right concerning his word concerning my life. And I'm going to see it operate in my life in Jesus' name. Now I want you to see this. Well, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Another scripture says in Proverbs, In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Don't ask your mind and don't search your feelings. Listen, church, if we could get this, we'd go somewhere. Don't ask your mind if it's the right thing or not. Don't search your feelings if it's okay or if it's wrong. For example, if you struggle in different areas of your life, don't ask your mind, am I a loser? How many know your mind will give you a lot of reasons to say you're a loser? If you ask your mind and your feelings, am I going to make it out of this situation? Your mind and your feelings will tell you hundreds of ways you're not going to make it out, but will never tell you that you're going to stay in or you're going to get out. It will confuse you and it will bring you to a point where you say, who is telling the truth? What am I to believe? What am I going to go forward and believe and accept? It says the transforming and the ruining of your mind that you may prove. Somebody shout out prove. Prove, prove what is acceptable. Now listen, I looked up the definition of the word prove. Malachi 3.10, the Lord says, Prove me now, says the Lord. Prove me. Test me. It's that I will not open up the windows of heaven upon you. Rebuke the devourer. That word prove there means an investigation to determine the qualities of the object. Go ahead and, and investigate the quality of my word, what I speak about you, whether it will come to pass or not. It talks about in Job 2, 3 through 10. We won't go, we won't go there this morning. But the Bible says that Satan came up to God and says, Oh, no wonder Job praises you. Look at everything you've given him. And the Lord says, Okay. I want to prove to you that Job loves me not for the things that he has. He loves me from the sincerity of his heart. So I want to prove you by the quality of that man that I call my son. He is going to prove to you what's been proven to him that I'm his God and I'll never leave him or forsake him no matter what the circumstances look like. The devil says, uh-uh, you just take your hand off of him and let me get to him and he'll deny you. He says, he will not, but go ahead. His children, all seven of them died at one time. He lost all of his ways of living. He lost his homes, he lost his herds, he lost his crops. He ended up sitting in the dirt with a broken piece of pottery, sitting and scratching himself. And his wife came out, here's the voice. His wife came out and says, Job, why do you hold on to this, your integrity? That's the word prove. Why do you have to stay proven? Why do you have to prove to the devil what God is challenging you to be? Why do you have to prove to everybody that your God is real? Why don't you curse God and he'll kill you? What you've got to prove? Why do you, why do you want to go through all of this test just to be proven? And Job says, 
those words will never come out of my mouth. And he went through that time. But how many know Job received a double portion of everything that he lost? Why? Because he was proven. What I want to encourage you today with this word, whether you've been fighting suicide, whether you've been fighting depression, you've been fighting in your marriage, you're fighting in your finances, I want you to just to get upset and mad and say, I'm going to prove to myself. I'm going to prove. I don't have to prove to nobody else. I don't have to prove. One of the things we're learning here about comparison is that I don't have to prove to others what I know to be true. I don't need their approval. I got proof in the word of God, and I'm going to live according to the proof in the word of God, and the Lord through my life is going to prove that I'm not going insane. My best days are not over. I'm not going to lose my family. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to lose my future, but I'm going to prove to myself in the word of God, and I'm going to prove to Satan who's always around telling me I'm a loser and I'll never go forward and I cannot win I'm going to go through this test I'm going to go through this trial I'm going to go through whatever I'm going through right now because I'm going to stand up and prove that God is truthful he is the way and his way leads to everlasting amen now listen the word prove means to demonstrate the truth no matter what you're going through right now, get ready to leave here to demonstrate, to prove the truth that others will see. And I'll give you a scripture on that in a minute. The existence of something that is evident. The existence of something that is even an argument in your mind, but I know it's true no matter how I feel. That's proof. It means to be innocent until proven guilty. Or in other words, that'll never happen because whatever I'm called guilty over, the blood covers. It's to demonstrate the action and the healing Seeing what the effect produces in a healthy individual. The plan that is proved for great success is to demonstrate one's ability for courage. It means to test, to approve, and to demonstrate. You know, you're wondering what is going to change things in our life. It may be in different areas that we are having to go through some things because we're not only going to prove to ourselves, we're going to prove to others who are watching us to see if what we're saying is true or not. You know, when my wife and I first uh, got ready to go to the mission field, nobody believed in us. And when we went down there, 17 and 19 years old, we had $25 a month support. And plenty of pastors told us, listen, Russell, you kids are going down there. We're proud of you. But listen, if you get down there and you find out that y'all made a mistake, we'll pay your way back home. They weren't going to feed us while we were down there, but they'll pay their, our way back home. And there was a bunch of times, even within two weeks' time, we were ready to go back home according to our feelings and our mind. There was time after time that we wanted to come back home. But about four to five months after we had been down there, we got, we got to minister deliverance to this little demon-possessed girl who was caged in a village of Columbia. And the Lord set her free, and her and her mother got free. And by through that testimony, we got invited to go to the village of Krikahuti, where in two weeks, we saw over 60 people get saved, including the village witch doctor. After that, I want you to know, before that, they wanted to pay our way home. After that, people started supporting us. Why? We were proven. You wonder, why doesn't God give me more? Are you proven? Why am I not getting more revelation? Why isn't more things happening to me? Because you're being proven for a greater anointing and a greater ability to do what you haven't been able to before. You don't only have to prove it to God. You have to prove it to yourself by believing the word of God that I am going to make it and I am going to get out of this hole in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? amen? 
Your mind will tell you why we're losing different things that are happening in our lives. That's why 2 Corinthians says to capture the bad thoughts and pull the bad ones down and promote the good ones. Be thinking on positive, good things that are needed for our life. Amen. Now, I want you to see this in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I think. I know the thoughts I think. Say that with me. I think. It's the Lord speaking here. I know the thoughts I think towards you. I know what I think about you. And it says, the Lord says, the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, we've been talking about Elijah, the suicidal prophet on the run. We spoke about Jonah last week, another suicidal prophet on the run. doesn't matter how spiritual we are, we still can be suicidal, and we can still be, go through times of depression where we're wanting it to end. But this is what I want to show you here. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. He's saying in the Hebrew, though, there he says, I know how, listen to this, I know how I want you to participate with me. I want you to participate with me in the good. I want you to participate me with me in the miraculous and the supernatural. I want you to participate me in my peace that passes understanding. I want you to participate in me in the agape love. I want you to participate me in all what is divine and what is from above. I want you to participate for me in these areas. But you've got to realize that I am thinking thoughts towards you. So don't give in to the thoughts of Jezebel. Jezebel wants your head. But that's not part of my plan. Your husband wants a divorce. But that's not part of my plan. Your boss says you're going to be laid off But that's not part of my plan They say your business is going under But that's not the thoughts I think towards you For I have a plan says the Lord And my thoughts and my plans are for you to walk alongside me And see the miraculous power working on your behalf So don't give in to your thoughts And don't give in to the thoughts of the enemy and don't give in to the thoughts of Jezebel who said, by tomorrow I'll have your head. Because it wasn't true anyway. And what people's been telling you and what you've been telling yourself and the way you've been raised and things that's been coming inside of you is trying to get you to look beyond what God thinks about you into what different things that people are saying and people have put on you that's not true. Now I shared with you these three points that are the reasons for depression. Burnout, loneliness, and comparison. I want you to write this down real quickly. Comparison is an identity theft. It's an identity theft. If you live your life comparing, you'll be losing you, who you are and who he's called you to be. And you'll be going around saying, you know, I'm just not good enough. Well, here. Have a wait. I'm just not a good parent. Somebody right here. I'm not a good parent. Come on, come get a wait. I'm not a good wife. You think that thought? Come get away. I'm never going to make it in life. Here's your weight. I am a loser. Here's your weight. There's something I, I want you to see. And, and God spoke this into my heart, and I want to speak it to you right now. When Adam sinned, and he told God, God, I'm naked. What did God say? Who told you that? No son or daughter of mine needs to be repeating what the devil or your own mind or your own emotions is saying that I didn't tell you. If I didn't tell it to you, don't believe it. Who told you you were a loser when I said you're more than a conqueror? Who told you that you were going to die young when I said with long life will I satisfy you and show you the joy of my salvation? 
Who told you that you were fat? Well, you know, they said that I was fat. And you believed it. Who told you that you were ugly? Who told you that you were better than your sister? Or your sister was better than you? Who told you you'll not make it very far in life? Who told you you were just never good enough and you never will be? And God is saying, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're of good. They're to do you good, to give you peace, to heal you, and not tear you apart. You know, this problem with comparison is that we compare ourselves to documents that people have on the wall that we may not have. Well, you know, they were voted the, the most likely to succeed, and I was voted the least likely to succeed. But you know, a lot of times, if you compare your life now, you thank God that you went through what you went through to be who you are. You know, when my wife and I, back in 85, was going through uh, language school, two of our real good friends um, were going through language school, and she ended up winning the valedictorian in our class. She was the highest. I won, uh, uh, I, I won an award for being the most polite and uh, the first one to preach in Spanish, even though my Spanish was the worst, but at least I tried. But she won valedictorian. And they went on to another country, and then they started a church in Miami, and we came through, and we would come through, and when we'd come through, she ended up being a different person. We came through one time, and she was Madonna. She had dyed her hair blonde. She would cut it short. They went to Fredericks of Hollywood, bought her her little Madonna outfit, and her and her husband was telling me all about their little Madonna episodes. Then we came back another time, and she was a nurse. And they was telling us about all how this excitement was bringing their marriage back to excitement, and how they were, I, I, he, she was identifying herself as somebody else, and he was identifying her as somebody else, and all these things were going on. But listen to this. We got a call a few years after that, after this had been going on for a while, and it was him, he was crying, the husband was crying on the phone, and he said, is everything okay? Oh, there's Mike. You're right there? Okay, thank you. I see security walking around. Everything's all right, bud? Okay. But listen to this. He, get, he called about 5 o'clock in the morning, crying and cussing. This was a pastor. He says, my wife, she's about 50 years old, my wife left me. She ran off with another man to go to New York to start making porn movies. You start trying to identify yourself to be somebody else who you're not. And you start moving to areas of sin and fantasy that you're not supposed to. And you start trying to become somebody or, or you, some, listen to this. You may have been identifying your life saying, I've never been as good as that person. But listen, you don't know what that person's really made of. You might be trying to identify yourself with somebody who's in the, truthfully, they've ended their life. And you say, you know what, if I only had half the life that they had. No, God's given you the life that you've got. Now, he wants you to start thinking thoughts that are going to raise you up in your life and not tear you down and not pull you down. We lose our identity when we worry about what other people think. People telling you're pathetic, you're a loser, you'll never make it. We lose our identity. I may not be accepted. How many kids, so many days, listen to this, one of the saddest things is kids who say, you know what, I really believe I was adopted because I never was treated like part of the family. And how many times you see 
even gone through maybe things in church that's even hypocritical. I had a best friend growing up, and we were outside one day, and these guys passed by in front of the church, and one of them hit, just reared off and hit my, my buddy and knocked him upside the head, and everybody came running, and, and, it, and he had, all, my, my friend turned the other cheek. He was a good Christian guy, and he just turned the other cheek and ended up shaking hands and telling the guy he forgave him, and his daddy was right there shaking putting his hand on his shoulder saying, I'm proud of you for telling him you forgive him and, and, and you got it right and you shook him. I'm so proud of you. But what the other people in the church, they saw this, but what they didn't know that when they got in the truck, they're going back home and the dad was a tough old guy. And the dad says, huh, I can tell you're not a Mars. I can tell you're not my son. I can tell you're not like your old man because nobody would even get touch me and get away with it. Now in front of the people, oh, what a good Christian. I'm proud of you, boy. But when it came to being in private, I'm embarrassed of you. You're nothing like me. And how many people have lived in that type of turmoil? You're not like this. You're not like that. You're not good enough. Worrying about what other people think and who you are and who you're not. Hmm? Worrying about what people think. It's Christmas time. How many see the movie? The, how many love the Grinch? Don't you love the Grinch? Why was his heart so small? Because the people in Whoville didn't accept him. How many times do you say, why is that person so hard? Why is that person so mean? Why is that person so distant? Because somebody didn't accept them and somebody didn't accept you for who you were and who you are. And therefore, you could never accept and love yourself. Do you know eight out of ten people have anxiety attacks, which leads to diseases and sickness and early death? Eight out of ten people. And part of that is because we worry about what other people think. Somebody say, it's time to get over that. The next thing we got to see here, another reason, is that we base our worth on our past. We go around saying, you know, I never did anything right. What's to make me think it's ever going to change? I never did anything that would make anybody think that I would ever do anything out of my life. I've always been a failure, a loser, average. I'll never do anything in my life. All these type of thoughts. I'll never, I can't even be a good Christian. I have this past hanging over my head. How many of you know that past is under the blood? You have no past. He's redeemed you. But this is something that the doctors say. It's amazing how many women who are raped believed, how many of them believed they deserved it. The innocent victims believe that there are victims because of their own fault many times. They didn't do nothing to provoke it. They didn't do nothing for that to happen to them, but somehow in their mind, they feel like something they did in the past opened the door for them to punish that type of thing. But I tell you what, it's a lie. And God does not want his children living with a victim mentality or a victim's, a victim's mindset that they're not going to make it, but you are going to make it, and you are going to get out of that in the name of Jesus. Amen. The mentality, I'm just not good enough. God called Moses. Moses, I've called you to deliver my people. Lord, I can't. I can't talk public. I get nervous. I freeze up. My tongue freezes up. In other words, he's just saying, Lord, I can't do it. Find somebody else. I told you last week with Jonah, God went through all that he went through to redeem Jonah from the whale's belly. Why? Because he didn't want to use nobody else in Jonah's place. And he sure doesn't want to lose, use nobody else in your place. He's called you. He's chosen you. And he's going to use you. He's going to do a work in your life that's going to cause others just to say, wow, look at him. Many people like Moses and Elijah saying, I'm not good enough, so how can I make a difference? 
I love what Pastor Osteen always said. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can, I can do. I can have what he says I can have. And I can be who he says I can be. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And I have no confidence in the flesh. But I have confidence in God who chose me. Who called me. And who, who gave his spirit to me. Who gave his promises to me and you. So that we can go forward. Amen. But so many times, it's amazing how little things to keep telling us, you can't go forward. You're not good enough. You could ask my wife. We laugh about it still uh, when uh, Prophet Chuck Pierce wrote a letter inviting me to be about three years ago. I received a letter from Chuck Pierce, and he invited me to be a part of uh, the Apostles Network. And I, I thought it was a joke. I didn't answer it because I didn't really believe it was him writing me a letter to be part of it. And, uh, and uh, so I, I put it up, and I said, oh, well, why does he want to invite me to be part of that? Well, why, does he want in, uh, why is he writing me? It's just a general letter. He must be wanting an offering. He's not inviting me. Then I showed it to a friend who was coming through, another prophet, and he says, you know what? He says, this, I didn't get a letter like this. This is a real letter. He really wants you to be a part of the apostolic network. Now, I would have never been part of the apostolic network because if I would have let my emotions and my mind tell me, that's not real. It's not true. Who would want you anyway? Why would he invite you? When we were down in Argentina, Pastor Osteen would call, and uh, you get the telephone. This can't be Pastor Osteen. He wouldn't be calling me on my line just to talk and see how we're doing. No, who are we? And a greater than John Osteen, Chuck Pierce, a greater than anyone that you and I know, has a direct line to you, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to minister to you. And he counts you worthy enough to invite you to participate in his divine plans and purposes. And he doesn't want our low self-esteem or our low identity or worrying about what people think or thinking of things ourselves. He doesn't want that to keep us back from going forward to what he has called us to do. Can I hear an amen? He gave his living son to free us and to give us his life. Now quickly, let me finish here. First Peter 2.9. It says, but you are the ones chosen. You are the ones chosen. It's, your credentials is not your past. You're chosen by God. You're chosen by God, not by man. So you don't need man's approval. You got God's approval. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work. And listen to what it says. And speak out for him. And to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something from rejected to accepted. Don't you ever say again that you're nothing. Don't you ever say again, my prayers would never be accepted in heaven. You're accepted in heaven. Now what would stop your prayers from being accepted in heaven? Nothing. Nothing. He's chosen you to be instruments for his glory. He's called you out of the darkness of lies into his marvelous truth. Amen. Now, I want you to see this scripture in Ecclesiastes 2, 10 through 11. It says, anything I wanted, I would, take, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, look at this. As I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was so meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. All this competition, all this trying to keep up with people, always trying to, to have what they have and be just as good as they and, and get just as much attention as them and try to have so much to show as they do. 
Here's this man saying with all of his wisdom at the end of his life, everything I worked hard to get, and even though I got it, it was still meaningless. I was chasing the wind. As long as you have a competitive or you have a comparison spirit, you'll chase the wind. You'll try to be somebody you're not. He saved you, he loves you, and he wants to use you as you are. You just have to learn to stop trying to compare yourself to others. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 5. We are confident. Say, I'm confident. Of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think ourselves qualified to do anything on our own. Say this with me. My qualification. My acceptance. Me being loved. For who I am. It comes from God. Not from man. Man tells you, you're not qualified. Who are you? You can't do it. No, God has qualified you. God has established you. Can I hear an amen? Now look at 2 Peter 1.3. says, by His divine power, not yours or mine, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need. Say, I have everything I need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence amen we have everything we need let me share something with you the reason we live a life of comparing and denying and all the things we go through the reason is we don't see that we're complete in christ jesus have you ever seen that show uh with tom cruise uh show me the money jerry Maguire? what does he go and tell that girl you complete me all the ladies go all oh. You complete me. And then what does she tell him? You had me at? Whoa, somebody watched a movie. <laughs> you had me at what? When did you have Jesus? At hello, have come into my heart. But listen, he told her, you complete me. Let me tell you something. Nobody completes you but Jesus. It says we are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. Your wife may be the second in line to complete you, but only Christ can totally complete you. Only Jesus can complete you. And as until you get to that point of allowing him in worship and in praise of the word, until you allow him to complete you, you will always be comparing yourselves to others. You'll be comparing your marriages to other marriages. You'll be comparing your benefits and your work to others. You'll be, be, even, you'll be even comparing your car to other people's car that they are still paying for for 74 months. And at the end of paying for it, it'd be worth nothing. You're still comparing yourself that is as the wind that's here today and gone tomorrow. As long as you fall in that trap of trying to compare yourself to others and what they have, you will hurt yourself. If that word there says that we are complete in Christ Jesus. For, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you also are complete. Say, I am complete. Say it again, I am complete. Through our union with Christ, who is the head over the ruler and the authority. That word complete means a ship that is equipped to leave one point and safely get to the other point. It's like if you take a trip to Dallas, 
You've got your four tires, you've got your engine, you've got your gas, you've got your water, you've got your GPS. How many of you know you're equipped and there's no reason why you can't get from Pineville to Dallas? Well, that's what the Lord is saying right there. You are equipped from the moment you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're equipped with the fullness of Christ to make it all the way to when that trumpet blows or you die and the dead in Christ rise up first. Are you listening to me today? You are complete. You have everything you need. You may say, you know, my life would feel so much better if I had this. My life would feel so much better if I had that. You are complete complete in Christ Jesus. Amen. So I want you to believe that Christ in his fullness, he wants to bless you. He wants to fill you. He wants to renew your minds with truth. He wants to fill you with the affection that you to believe that he loves you. He's loved you with a purpose. He's changed your light from night to darkness. You're a representation of the truth. You're a representation of his light. You're a representation and you're on exhibit of what God can do with a nobody and make a somebody. There's no reason to ever put yourself down and say you're never going to make it. There's no reason to ever wish you were dead again. There's no reason to wish you would never be and born again for you to talk like that would make the father say who is telling you these things I don't speak to you that way I tell you that you are complete in the son in whom I gave for your life don't live this life bottling out in depression and just feeling like life doesn't mean anything yeah you've made a mistake yeah you've messed up yeah you've did something that that is devastating yeah you might have did something that seems to ruin your life you might be here today and you've been here this is your seventh week and you've been wondering why do I keep on running why do I even try you were even wondering why you were in church today it's because God has a wonderful story to put on the inside of you and bring it forth so that others can see that you were not born a misfit you were not born to be a failure you were not born to be rejected for the rest of your life and comparing your life with somebody who seems to have meaning on TV or on some record channel or something like that you're just trying to find something that makes sense there is the fullness of Christ on the inside of you that makes all the perfect sense when you get in tune with it that God God saved you and rescued you for a purpose and a destiny to combine your life with his to make it real and make it important. There is no wasted lives in Christ. So I want us to bow our heads. I invite you to close your eyes. And like I said, you may be here again and you may be, you've been fighting because you're running. You're running from surrendering your life to Jesus who gave his life to give you life. Maybe you're here today and you're running from the truth. Fighting denial and trying to hide the truth from others. He wants to rescue you today. You may be here today and you say, pray for the lies that I've believed to be silenced. Pray that I will see who told me what that changed my life in a negative way and brought me under this weight of a lie when Jesus wants to free me through his truth? If you're here today, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here today, the first and the only way you'll ever experience true peace and true life is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you say, pray for me, I've been running and my life is not right with Christ. I've been living life as I want to. I've been doing things as I want to, and I need, I need a Savior. I need someone to rescue me. I need Jesus to rescue me. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. Right there where you are, raise your hand. Ushers, help me. Right there where you are, raise your hand. I need, I need Jesus to rescue me. I need to be forgiven of all my sins. 
I need my sins to be forgiven. God bless you, sis. God bless you. Is there anyone else today? I need forgiveness of my sins. It may be some young person here today. You are fighting. You are fighting. You hate your life so much. You just wish it was all over. You feel like you don't have any reason to live at all. Maybe you're an older person. Maybe you're in a relationship and you don't know how to get out. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Pray for me. I need to be rescued out of this situation. Anyone at all? God bless you, sis. God bless you. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? I need Jesus to save me. I need an atonement. I need someone wash me, cover me with his blood. Anyone else? I want to invite those who raise their hands. Would you come, please? Let, let us pray with you. Would you come, please? Those who raise their hands, would you come and let us pray with you? Two people, raise their hands. Come, let us pray. Come and stand. Stand before the Lord. Saints, you pray. You pray. Come and let us pray with you. Come and make that decision. You raised your hand. You, you took the first step already. Now make the next step and come down here and let us pray with you. The prayer of salvation. Come. There was a man and a lady. You raised your hand. Come, come. Christians pray. Bow your heads and pray. It's not to embarrass anyone. You want to be rescued? C come to the front. Come to the altar. Come to this place to have an encounter with God. Would you come, please? Come. Come. Don't leave here like you came. Stop running. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Come and give your life to Jesus. Jesus. Would you come? Would you come? Don't leave here without getting your life right with Christ. Please. Please. Jesus. He loves you so Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. Those two that raise their hands, would you come? Would you come, please? The Father awaits you. The Father awaits you. The Father awaits you. put your hands upon your heart and pray this prayer dear heavenly father I give you my life my heart my mind and with all my thoughts forgive me of all my sins Lord Jesus I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior thank you for dying on the cross for my sins thank you for giving your life as a substitute for mine I accept you now as my Lord and Savior and I thank you Father that I am saved 
For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. The heads are still bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you have fought thoughts of suicide, you have felt like giving up, you've been feeling like giving up, you've been having negative thoughts, you feel like you're unworthy and you're unfit. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up here. But I do want you to raise your hand. Right there where you are. Just quickly raise your hand. God bless you. Yes, there's hands. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Up here. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This does not mean that you're a weak person. This does not mean that you're not important. It just means that there's an attack on your thoughts and your mind. And he wants to set you free. Number of hands went up. Anyone else? You want to raise your hand before the Father? God bless you. Yes. I just feel so like a failure. Anyone been fighting? I feel like a failure. Raise your hand. Anyone else been fighting? God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Like a failure. Maybe this week you, you faced things and you thought, man, I felt, uh, uh, you, you, today you may be battling, you feel like you felt even more areas than you even imagined. Like there's no hope. There's no peace. There's no rescue for you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Maybe you're a person who's beating yourself up all the time. Constantly beating yourself up. I've made so many mistakes. I've hurt so many people. Can you pray for me? If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. I see that hand. I see those hands. Yes. Yes. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. I'm going to pray over you. The Father saw your hand. He saw the honesty of your heart. And everybody here, we're your family and we love you. We're going to pray together for you. And ask the Heavenly Father to save you, to rescue you, to deliver you from those thoughts and imaginations, those lies that the enemy keeps trying to feed you to bring you down. You think you get up a little while, then all of a sudden something knocks you down, something from the past or something that you remember that you did. But receive deliverance from that today. Allow the Father to destroy those lies and to put upon the helmet of salvation upon your mind so that those thoughts cannot be the ruling thoughts. And you will not lay hold to those thoughts. You will lay hold to the thought that Christ has set you free. I want you to close your eyes and let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, and church, pray with me. In the precious name of Jesus, Father, you saw the hands of your children. Lord, your, the hands raised up to you as children who are in need, who are fighting thoughts and imaginations and lies, maybe all of their life. Maybe something that someone close to them told them. Maybe from a past relationship or something that happened in school or college, something that happened on the job. Maybe something that a step-parent told them. Whatever the source was, I break the power of those words in the name of Jesus. And I come against the negative, downing, belittling words that were spoken over them by any authority figure, by any person loved or any person who they allowed into their lives. I break the power of those words. And Lord, we believe and we receive the words that you speak, that they are life. I break the slavery and the yokes that those words brought into these one's minds and hearts to believe something that is so far from your truth about their lives. 
I pray a restoration of vision. And that they will not receive the thoughts or the words of anyone in the place of your thoughts, which are thoughts of peace and hoping to give them a future. I come against condemning thoughts, belittling thoughts. I come against the lack of identity for those here today. Yes, Holy Spirit, right now, those who have lacked an identity because of the absence or because of uncaring parents or loved ones who just didn't know to fulfill their need. I break the strongholds of the mentalities that they're only great because of what they can accomplish and not in just who they are. Lord, I pray that you help us stop running, trying to hide, trying to be someone we're not supposed to be. Heal the hurts of the hearts and the minds. And right now, Father, I pray for those who may be battling guilt because they were the ones who spoke over others. Forgive us for any words we have spoken or any thoughts we have planted, knowing or unknowing, in the lives of people around us. Father, forgive us for speaking things that were cruel, belittling, and hurtful. And we pray for healing of the wounds in this house today. We pray that there's not no sick or feeble in their heart or mind or body among us. We come against every form of rejection, comparison. And we pray that each and every one has a vision of being totally accepted in the sacrifice of your dear son. We pray healing in the souls and the lives of your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Would you stand please with me? Thank you, Lord. Let's praise him. Let's thank him. Lord, we praise you. We thank you right now. We give you praise. Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. You're not a failure, son. You did not let your mom and dad down. You did not let others down. I say it in the name of Jesus. Stop blaming yourself for a divorce. Stop blaming yourself for have giving a bad reputation to the ministry you were a part of or whatever it was. Be free from that in Jesus' name. Stop blaming yourself for somebody else's wrongs or mistakes. Stop blaming yourself for someone's death. Right now, I'm speaking to somebody, and I say, through the love of the Father, the compassion of the Holy Spirit, you've been blaming yourself for someone's death. You blame yourself. You feel like you're the one who is at fault. But I say, be released from that guilt. You cannot live free. You cannot live free as long as you hold on that you're the guilty party for that person's death. I say, be free of that in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, be healed in your heart. Be healed in your mind. I come as that, against that guilt. You feel guilty for driving someone away, driving them into things that they wouldn't, you think they wouldn't have gone into without you driving them into it. Be free from that guilt and be free from those thoughts and stop blaming yourself. The blame is not on you anymore. Be free from that in Jesus' name. Stop saying that you've lost all hope. Stop saying that you're a loser and you'll never accomplish anything great in your life. I bind those words in the name of Jesus. Let your expectation become your motivation to go forward into the greater things of God. 
He says, I've given you a hope and a motivation. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Just because you're saved doesn't mean the enemy will not stop speaking to you. He will continue to try to steal you back and tear you down. But I say in Jesus' name, let the strength and the grace of God build you up to stand against all the walls of the dead enemy. You have a spiritual enemy, but do not give in to his voice or to his words as Adam did. Because the second Adam defeated him so that you may be strong in Christ. Do not give heed to those voices. For the sheep know the voice of the great shepherd. I pray for the ears to hear the voice of the one who gave himself and truly is the God of love. And we give you the praise and we give you the glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now receive that. Take it as yours right now. Take it as yours right now. Take that healing. Take it into your heart, into your mind. Put on the mind of Christ. Take it now. Take it now. Take it now as yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for these precious people. Thank you for these people. We love you. We love you. We love you. God bless you. Brother, would you dismiss? Lord, just thank you, God, for the spirit of freedom in this place right now, God. Lord, freedom from the thoughts of suicide. Low self-esteem, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you, God, that you are freeing every heart, every mind, every one of us, Lord God, are going to walk in a new light today. A heavy burden has been lifted, and we thank you, God, for that today, Lord. And I just ask you to be with everyone today, Lord, as they leave and go about their ways, Lord. And thank you, God, that you're going to bring them back this week. Lord, and we just ask your blessings upon every person, every child, every adult, every young person, and every adult, Lord, in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.